Welcome to the Messy Life Mighty Love podcast. I am Abby, your host, storyteller, fellow Messy Life journeyer, and friend. You are listening to episode 16, Messy Overcoming, an interview with author Molly Huffman. Today you will get to meet an amazing woman. Molly has faced extraordinary mess and found the mighty love of God pursuing her in her darkest days. Please listen in. Okay, everyone, I am really excited to have Molly Huffman here. She was introduced to me through mutual friends um, who just can't say enough about her and her story. And she's got some exciting things to share about that um, a little later. But first, as you know, um, and Molly, we share about messy life and mighty love here. So our lives are messy. We're part of a broken world and that affects and hits our stories and it affects all of us. None of us are immune to it. As we interact with that messy life and as we deal with it, uh, God is always pursuing us uh, through himself, through people who love us, showing us his mighty love. So that's really how we look at life um, on this podcast. And I would love for you to share uh, your own story about um, the messiness of it, what you've experienced, um, some of the things you've experienced, and how uh, you've seen love triumph and love break through that. So. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I I am excited to share. There are lots of messy parts of my life in recent years, um, but so much of God's love. Um, so when I was growing up, I wanted uh, just a few things. I just wanted to be married and have children someday. And, um, you know, if, I, if I'm honest about it, I thought that God would give me those things because... Um, I had tried to follow him since I was young and, um, and I didn't think I was, you know, asking for too much. And, um, so after college I got married and, um, everything just seemed to be falling into place. And then, um, all of a sudden, uh, my mom was diagnosed with, uh, melanoma and, um, it returned a few months later and was metastasized in her body. And, um, so for the first time, um, in my life, I was experiencing loss, um, and had to, uh, really wrestle with God during that time about, um, you know, Lord, how can you love me if, you know, you, you say that you love me, but you're willing to take the person who means the most to me. Um, and you know, she's only 49, like that just doesn't seem fair. And I've tried to follow you. Why would you? do this to us. And, um, so after her death, um, I, you know, tried different things to numb the pain, shopping, drinking, being busy, um, and none of it was working. And so, uh, I decided to start reading the Bible, um, for myself, you know, I'd grown up in church and I, I knew all the Bible verses. I knew, um, you know, all these things we, that we are taught and I'm glad that we're taught them. Um, but they hadn't become personal to me yet. And so I started to read and it was through scripture during this time, as I'm longing for the love of my mother, who's now gone, that God wrapped his arms around me like a mother. 
through scripture and it just started to jump off the page um, in, in ways I'd never seen before. And, uh, and we also got to feel his love through people um, as they would support us and um, ask us how we were doing or mow the lawn or, you know, just all of those types of things that our, our friends and our family and our church, um, you know, just showed up to support us. And so a couple of years after that, my husband and I decided to start trying to have a family and, uh, our first pregnancy ended in miscarriage, um, on my mom's birthday of all days. And, um, it was, you know, just really devastating, um, as all miscarriage is, um, because there's this person that you have plans for and you love, even though you haven't met them. And, um, and so it was just another, another blow when I, I wasn't yet, uh, in a good place from having lost my mom. Um, and again, our church and our family showed up, um, to support during that time. Um, a year after that, we decided to try again and, um, Tage Thomas was born in March of 2014 and, uh, just fulfilled all these longings of my heart. I, I was just never more excited than I was holding him and getting to be his mom. And when he was about six months old, we started to notice that there were some things that were off. He wasn't making eye contact or, um, the normal baby cooing sounds. Um, and he never smiled, even though his eyes would just sparkle with life, but, um, but he couldn't smile. And so we took him to the doctor and long story short, uh, we ended up at a specialist and, and Tage was diagnosed with a very rare mitochondrial disease called Lay's disease. And, um, babies with this disease don't live to one year old. And so I remember just being in the hospital room and, um, you know, my, my mind was just reeling with this news. And, and so immediately, uh, again, people from church showed up and family came in and loved us during, um, this dark, dark time. And we had to stay at the hospital for a week so that Tej could get a G tube to help him, um, be able to eat. And so I started to write about this journey um, on a caring bridge page. And, um, so then, you know, we were getting love and encouragement from people all across the nation and the world, um, as they were reading about Tage's story. And we brought him home a week later and knew that our time with him was limited. And so, uh, of course it was this excruciating and beautiful period of time where, uh, you know, I'm trying to enjoy him during the days, but also knowing that he's not going to be with us much longer, but not knowing exactly how much longer. And I really started to battle depression and loneliness because my husband was at work all day and I'm, you know, home by myself, just looking at, at Tage, who is the reminder of what's about to happen. And so, you know, my mom wasn't there to help. And it was beautiful because a bunch of her friends heard that I was struggling during the day. And so, um, they coordinated a schedule where they could come over, um, and just be at my house for a few hours. Somebody would be there every day. Um, and sometimes we would just sit in silence. Sometimes they would sit in a different room while I just, you know, took care of Tage, but just knowing somebody was there. Um, other times, you know, we'd, we'd laugh about memories from childhood or they'd pray with me. Um, and it was just really beautiful to see 
how uh, they took care um, of me, particularly during that time. And um, so two months after we brought Tage home, um, he went to be with Jesus. And it was absolutely pain like I had never experienced before. And yet I knew that God never left my side for a minute. Um, I could I could tell even in the days of caring for Tage and in the moments of his death that the Holy Spirit was present with us and comforting us even as we wept. And so the following year, I, I had taken a maternity leave from uh, my teaching job. And so I had all this free time and I decided um, to read through the whole Bible front to back for the first time. I'd never done it before. And I had all this time to, to kill. Um, but I had learned through my mom's death that God doesn't waste our pain, that he does come when we seek him, that he does comfort us. And so I started to read um, through the Bible and, you know, I started in the Old Testament and someone even said to me, I don't know, Molly, if you should start in the Old Testament because, you know, God's so angry. But the truth about scripture is that all of it is God breathed. And, and I just felt like, no, either he's in all of it or he's not. And that nothing should be off limits to us in scripture. And so um, I just started plowing through the Old Testament and I discovered this beautiful, gentle God who, yes, loves justice, but he's the same God that he is in the New Testament. Um, so many times he, he they, it talks about him being like a mother um, and being a comforter and being a provider in the midst of the deserts. Um, and so I got to learn that year how to mend, which is not a type of prayer that I had done much of growing up. You know, I, I knew I had to always be joyful and give thanks in everything. And yes, that is true. Um, and I, I write a little bit about that, um, in, in a book that I'll tell you about in a second, um, that yes, joyful and thankful, but also we can be raw and honest with God in the way that we talk to him and in the way that we commune with him. And, and he wants to comfort us and he wants truth from us because he is truth. He values truth. And so, um, during, during this next year, I, I just discovered this beautiful God that I had not known until I was in the depths of brokenness and pain. Um, and he met me there and, and cried with me. I am just certain of it. Um, and gave me the hope that he was not done with the story yet, even though it looked so dark from where I was sitting and we got the genetic results back. Um, and they told us that any more biological children we would have, there would be at least a 25% chance that, um, that another baby would have this disease. And so, uh, you know, again, I'm like, Lord, this is my dream. Why would you put this dream in me to just take it away? I don't understand. And all these pieces that I held of, okay, you know, maybe I need to have this type of treatment. Maybe we're going to adopt, you know, but it just, it, it didn't quite, none of it was something that I wanted, but they were the only pieces that I saw at the time and, and eventually could just surrender that desire to God that he put that in me and he would do something with that desire. Well, on the year anniversary of losing Tage, uh, my husband uh, left. He said that he needed to let me go, that our marriage had been, you know, rough for a long time. And this all just came as such a shock to me. And I was angry. I felt like there were pieces that were missing. Um, 
And so I had learned how to lament at this point. And so I had some pretty strong words for God. Like, are you kidding me, Lord? Are you going to do this now? Um, and so God walked me through this, this season. And, um, eventually, uh, when I was ready, I, I felt that I was missing a piece of, of his story. And I asked the Lord to show me what I was missing. And that very night I discovered on his computer evidence that he'd been having affairs for at least five years. And, um, you know, the, the truth can be so hard sometimes, and yet it can also be so freeing. We do not have to be afraid of the truth because the truth really does set us free, as Jesus said. And, um, and it answered a lot of sort of underlying questions and feelings that I'd been having for a while in our, in our marriage. And so, so I went through an unwanted divorce and had to sell my home that I loved because I couldn't afford it by myself. And so at the time I was 32 and found myself living alone in an apartment, divorced, motherless, childless. And I just was like, Lord, what are you doing? I don't understand why you would do this. Um, and yet I had seen the goodness of God in the midst of all that darkness. I knew, I knew who he was now. I knew that I could trust him. I knew that he would uphold me. And so about a year later, um, after some really intense counseling, um, with this wonderful, uh, counselor who was also a Christian, um, I was in a good place and, um, a, a friend introduced me to, to her, um, friend. And she said, okay, well, I want to, I want to introduce you to somebody. He's divorced. I thought, oh no, he lives in Kentucky. I thought, oh no, cause that's not where I lived. And he has two children. I'm like, oh goodness. Like, this is not the plan that I had for myself, you know? Um, and she said, and he's also my high school ex-boyfriend. And I was like, what? This is the craziest, uh, matchmaking I've ever heard of. But, um, but regardless, um, I got to meet Guy Huffman and, um, we began a long distance relationship, uh, and eventually I moved to Kentucky and, um, and we are married and I have two beautiful stepdaughters and, um, together we have a one and a half year old son named Mac. Um, and I remember, you know, the genetic counselor telling us, uh, when I was with my first husband that, uh, you know, this, this disease would not necessarily be a problem with with another person. And at the time I was so, um, angry that she would say that to us as we're there in our office grieving. But, um, but I was grateful that she said it because then I knew, um, I didn't have to, to worry, but, um, so all that to say, um, I have written extensively about that entire season, um, in a book that just released on Amazon. It's called the moon is round. A True Story of Extraordinary Loss, Grief, and the Fight for Faith. Um, and I would love for your listeners to pick up a copy. It's also available um, in e- ebook format. Um, and I talk a lot about um, grief and loss and lament, but also how God loves us through our pain, through scripture, through friendships, um, some very specific ways that friends showed up to me during each of these seasons of loss, um, and how God gives us what we need. He provides what we need, even, um, in the darkness. And, um, you know, I love this version of me so much 
better. Um, I love how God has used this pain to refine me. Uh, I'm not perfect. I still struggle. Um, but I, I, I know that I can trust God with, um, with my life. And it's just been so redemptive to see, um, all the different ways he has redeemed these different pains and losses. And, um, gosh, he's a good God. (laughs) Amen. Amen to that. Wow, Molly. It's so great to have you with us. And I just, your story, it was powerful. And I loved how you articulated, um, what you saw about God in the midst of that and people showing up to in your life. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, I've been through a lot of stuff, but I can't imagine, you know, that sequence and, you know, you're an overcomer through the blood of the lamb. You know, that verse in Revelation? Yes. And they ever yeah. came by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Of their testimony. Yes. I'm so thankful that you have shared the word of your testimony through your book, which again is called the moon is round the moon is round and you're molly huffman and they can look for that on amazon it's available in paperback or kindle yes okay super thanks so much for being with us and thank you friends for sharing in molly's incredible story today i trust you consider it time well spent to be inspired in the power of an overcoming life For more from me, my journey with mental illness, and many other things about which I have written over the years, visit my website, abigailalleman.com. That's Abigail, A-B-I-G-A-I-L, Alleman, A-L-L-E-M-A-N.com. There are a couple of free eBooks for subscribers. You can also follow me on Instagram, at abigail.alleman. I will leave you with a quote from the introduction to Molly Huffman's book, which again is The Moon is Round. I will put the link to it on Amazon in the show notes. Now, reading from The Moon is Round. Like Job, our suffering is for a season. Ecclesiastes tells us that for everything there is a season. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. And what we do during our seasons of suffering matters. We can move toward God or we can move away from Him. Move close to Him, my friend. It's the best place you can be. And I will leave you with that. I hope to catch you next time.